This teaching is from City Church Coventry. You can find us online at www.citychurchcoventry.org. I'm going to read from verses 3 to 11. We know this uh, passage very well. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came along and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said... He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. This morning I'd like to tell you a story. Is that okay? Do you like stories? Uh, And as I'm telling you this story, uh, I'd like you to listen. I'd like you to maybe take some notes on what do you hear? Because I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to give you some secrets of the kingdom. And uh, this is a story that God's been reminding me of uh, in the last couple of months, uh, and, and especially intensely since Kerry was with us. And uh, he's been speaking to me more and more, even this morning. And so, I'll tell you my story. As most of you know, uh, I went and studied uh, music at a music conservatoire. Uh, My first degree is in orchestral percussion. And in about my third or fourth year, I had the great opportunity of being selected out of all the percussionists to be the timpanist for the chamber orchestra. And this was going to be a really great event. The musical director was playing harpsichord. It was going to be great. And so I turned up on the day, uh, classic uh, rehearsal in the afternoon, and then a concert in the evening. And because it was going to be uh, high profile, because it was going to be, I was the only one selected, I prepared really well. I turned up. And when you're playing in a chamber orchestra, uh, you get to play what are called, we call them pots, which are basically hand-tuned timps. They're the timps that you find in the corner of the school that have all the dents in the side because someone's thrown them at some point. Okay? But they're hand-tuned timps with a calf skin on, over, over the top, and you sit and play them. And you play them with uh, very uh, direct uh, leather mallets, you, you definitely heard when you hit them. And so I get set up, uh, I get everything ready, and I realise uh, while I was going to tune up that I managed to forget my tuning fork. Quite an important part. So I, I tapped the violinist in front of me, and the shredder said, can I just borrow your, your tuning fork? And she said, yeah, of course. Pass me a tuning fork. Ding! 
Cool, great. Okay, cool. Oh, thank you very much. Great. Did the rehearsal. Rehearsal went. It went really well. Right, great. Great rehearsal. Didn't, didn't go wrong. I prepared really well. And uh, I went home, had some food, came back that evening, and got to the gig. I'm wearing fantastic black and white tux. I look the part. I uh, got everything there. And uh, luckily, I'd remembered my tuning fork this time. Got my tuning fork. Cool. Tuned the timps up. They'd gone classically, you know, they hadn't, they hadn't survived. Big old church. You know, here we go. Great. Brilliant. Got them ready. Music started. First entry comes. Great. Get my nice, very direct mallets. <clears throat> what was that? Uh, mouth and panic. Because what I just hit was not right. I hit the note and all my senses went on overdrive. Rehearsal had gone great, but what I had just played did not make sense. thought, oh me, I'll try again, next entry. Boom, boom. What is going on? Okay, right, this is not right. Grab my tuning fork, grab my tuning fork. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Okay, okay. Must be an what is going on? Seriously, I'm now in absolute panic mode, okay? Because I am, everyone's watching me, audience is there, everyone's going on, our conductor's looking across, you know, you're trying to internally be like... Okay, and then I'm going. This is a hand-tuned Tim. It's not a case of one of those, you know, you can kind of, with the pedal, kind of go... I'm going for it. I'm absolutely, I'm having to work out what's going on. I'm like, this is right, this is right, this is right. A few times later, oh, and literally, I just get to the stage where I'm, I'm going to, literally, I, I can't trust this anymore. I can't trust this, this tuning fork. I'm going to have to put it down. I'm going to have to use my ears. Great. Next entry. Oh, wow, that's sharp. Okay, go. So you start with the bottom one. Okay, okay. Next entry. Okay, we're now a little flat. Open up. Okay. Great. All the time everyone's watching. Here we go. Great. Absolutely. That's the right one. Now you. Okay. Right. Okay. Go on, here we go. Down, down, down. Great. And great. The last three notes are correct. Thank you very much. And uh, the concert was finished. Uh, end of the concert. Uh, conductor comes across to me. <laughs> Says, oh, was everything okay? Uh, I said, well, I, I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm not sure if it was the Timps. Um, they were fine earlier. And uh, he's like, what, what went wrong? I was like, well, my tuning fork said it was right. He said, well, what's your tuning fork? I said, well, it's A440. He said to me, well, we're A415. Now, to all the people in here who are not like, I don't know, is, is Seth's piano one? Go on, this is a. Give you an idea. That is. This is A440. This is A415. <laughs> what that sounds together is this. 
I was doing this. You could say I learned a lesson that day. If you want something to uh, title this message, it's uh, New Paradigm Perspective, which I love because uh, the Holy Spirit's already been speaking to us about that already this morning. You know, for us to have a new paradigm, we need to start having a new way of thinking. We need to have a new framework, a new perspective. But what God's been really clear with us in all of this, it's the same people. It's still us. It's still us with everything that God has given us, everything that God has equipped us with. But it's a new paradigm. Which is going to mean that all of us, every single one of us, is going to have to have a paradigm shift. It means that we're going to have to have a fundamental change to our approach. Or to or our underlying assumptions. What's that going to take? A conscious choice for each and every single one of us. I have to have conscious choices quite often. Um, One of my favourite conscious choices I'm having to have at the moment um, is quite a live one. Um, uh, Quite a funny one, actually. Um, My good friend Amar did display this really well for me in the week. Um, I have now, uh, next week, by the way, next weekend, Lottie and I have lived here for two years. That, it's been two years, people. Two years. That day where we turned up and none of our lights would turn on and we got everything in the house in the dark. It was, it was a good evening. And we've lived here two years. And uh, the thing that I'm having to make a conscious decision on quite often now since living here is, uh, like the moment I came into the staff kitchen midweek and Amar turned around and said, Hi, Matthew! Oh, I mean Simon. (laughs) Now, I have to make a conscious choice at this moment to make a decision about how I receive this information. (laughs) Now, what's kind of even funnier is I on purposely wore a slightly flowery shirt today to make sure that we didn't look that similar. (laughs) But what's even greater... Is that we're both wearing the same thing. Because I have to make a conscious choice that in myself, what I hear is, ah, I see you perceive that I'm a prophet. (laughs) Rather than, thank you for thinking that I look like a man who's 15 years older than I am. (laughs) You know, know, we have to make a conscious choice in the paradigm. Um, By the way, I feel quite slightly... Yeah, (laughs) you know, like... I think Matthew's continually blessed by it. This morning we spoke about seeing a victory. And for all of us, if we're going to see a victory, we're going to have to start to acknowledge what we see. And uh, what I'm going to do is, uh, God's been speaking to me through this uh, story through many ways. And hopefully, even as I was telling you the story, maybe God picked up something in it that you've not picked up. Um, but we're going to look through it through three lenses Uh, because any shift in our life as I said we we moved here two years ago um, generally a lot of us will take some time out before we have that shift 
You know, as a church, we've taken a little bit of time out. We've looked at things, okay? Uh, for us, uh, Lottie and I took a little bit of time out. We took some time in the decision to move in here. Um, and, I, you know, I like a little bit of uh, some words to help us to remember things. And I really do love that the ladies here generally like to also take some time out. They like to call it spa. The spa. So, you know, that wasn't a prophetic word, okay, but that was, you know, uh, I'm going to use just those three letters, spa. Because for all of us, there's a situation, there's the person, us, and there's the action. The situation, the person, the action. Throughout the Bible, there are so many situations where a new paradigm or a new perspective is needed. Jesus continually was trying to uh, show and reveal to the disciples about a new perspective, a new paradigm, a new uh, way of thinking. But this goes all the way back. Back in Numbers 13, we see when the spies are going into the land, what was their perspective? Where out of all the spies, only two of them had the right perspective. Joshua, we hear of so much, but Caleb was the other man there. And in verse 24 of chapter 13, it says, But since my servant Caleb has a different spirit and has followed me completely, I will bring him into the land. And for us going into this new season as a church, into this new paradigm, every single one of us is going to have to assess the situation that we are all in. Uh, Carol Jones, when she was with us, um, she said something to us uh, when a a group of us were with uh, Kerry and Carol, and she said, uh, use this phrase, used to usual. The Lord has been speaking this phrase to me, don't get used to usual. And she said, good things that get too stuck in a groove. And she said the the marker will be, the things that are correct, will be his presence. And I don't want for us, I'm speaking to myself massively here, I don't want to get used to usual. Even this morning, as you came in, uh, you know, we're in a new time, a new paradigm, but we came through the same doors. We came into the same building. Uh, the same tea and coffee, classic custard cream, was presented. But what perspective did you come in the doors with? Was it the same as October and November and December? Or was there an expectancy for there to be a shift in the way that we view this morning? Life groups are starting again. I'm excited for that. Same night. For some of us, maybe the same place. But what perspective are you going into them with? Are you expecting the same? Are you expecting the usual? Or are you going to be a part of a life group that's going to have a dynamic shift to see people Saved, people healed. What's your expectation of the life groups? Are we just going to be used to the usual? 
I had played that same music in the same building hours before the concert. It was on the same instruments. Everything was the same, but there was a big shift. The thing is, uh, I could have ignored the clash. I could have ignored the clash and gone with, I'm just going to plow on. I'm just going to go for it. Um, The thing would be, though, if I did plow on, it would have affected everything. As I say, like, timpani are kind of, they're pretty obvious things. You can't kind of, like, hide amongst, you know, the second violins. um, Or the violas. You know, like, you know, you just, you're going to play. And it had an effect on the members that I was with. It had an effect on the violinist that was sat in front of me, kind of every time I hit a drum going, (laughs) you know. Okay? It had effect on the audience and the way that the audience were viewing what, I, what was going on. And it's the same. It's going to affect the way that we view our situation in this paradigm shift. The way that we act is going to affect the way that the world sees us. It's going to affect the way that people that we are speaking to view us. And um, I, for one, don't want to be a clash amongst us. I don't want to be uh, the one who is not allowing my paradigm to be shifted, my perspective to be changed. Because you'll tell when we're having a conversation at Open Home, and my perspective is not the same as yours. I don't mean in our different ways, but it'll be just a different shift, and there'll be tension And we need to turn some taps. Quite simply, if we do not have a paradigm shift, our perspective is going to be dissonant. Like that kind of a clash. Okay? And so, we have to then think about, what does that personally mean for us? If we're going to go into our situations... It doesn't just have to be church, that can be in our work situations. You know, I've been really thinking about uh, what does it look like in my situation here at Nexus. But that means that I personally need to think about something. In 1 Samuel 3, we see that uh, Samuel is being called by the Lord. Uh, From verse 4 to 9, it says, Then the Lord called Samuel and answered, Here I am. He ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. I didn't call you, Eli, replied. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Once again, the Lord called, Samuel. Samuel got up, went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. I didn't call you, my son. He replied, go back and lie down. Now Samuel had not yet experienced the Lord because the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Once again, for the third time, the Lord called Samuel. He got up, went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli understood the Lord was calling the boy. He told Samuel, Go and lie down. If he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Kerry said uh, when he was with us that people recognise music in one note. Is anyone like that? Like you can hear one note 
classically for me, I, you know, if I hear that Stevie Wonder fill at the start of Superstition, I know what that is straight away. Uh, and so it's true. Uh, Kerry actually tested me on that one day. That was quite a funny one, just to check that he was saying something correct. <laughs> the thing is that I hit one drum, and in that hitting that once, because of my training, I was alert that something wasn't right. Now I can tell you, what happened in that moment is I had an internal fight. Because I had a drum, I had me, and I had a fork. (laughs) This fork was telling me that was right. But the musician in me was saying, that's not right. And for about three or four strikes, I was going, this is right. There's something wrong here. This is, this is right. It's not me. It's this. And uh, it was not until I surrendered to the fact that my tuning fork was, something was wrong here, that I was able to do anything. I literally had to let go of my tuning fork. I had to let go of my old perspective. I had to let go of the old paradigm that I was trying to live in, and I had to trust what I had inside. I had to trust what was within. For me, I suddenly became a lot more aware. Actually, before that point, I got myself so focused on the tuning fork and the tuning, I was pretty isolated in this completely wrong paradigm. All it was just me, my tuning fork, and a drum, trying to work it out. As soon as I let go, my eyes were up. I could see the other members of the orchestra. I was aware of the audience. I was aware of my surroundings. And the reality is, I was trained for that moment. I've spent, uh, recently I've been looking back through uh, my notes that I take on a Sunday morning. And uh, I'd really encourage you to do it because... The Spirit has been preparing us for this new paradigm. I don't know, has anyone else been feeling that at all across? I've been looking back at words uh, that Ezekiel Shabemba's been bringing us, or even going back since we, I was here first, and guys like Todd and Steve, uh, and words that Matthew and Tony and Paul have brought, Chris, Ben, like, I'm just going, hey, oh, yep, yep, God's been preparing us for this paradigm shift. And he does that, just, I don't know if it, anyone else feels like this, that when God makes the shift, I always feel ready for the shift. Even though I might internally be like, oh, <laughs> he's prepared us for that moment. The difference is for us that in having an ear or being able to hear, it's just a H. Unless you're in Wales and then they're exactly the same. Um, but, okay, and that is for us is the Holy Spirit. Without him, we're just going to go on what we know. We're just going on what we know. At that moment, without my ability as a musician, without the trust in who I had, I just had to go with what I knew. And I would have ploughed on. I would have just had to have gone. (coughs) 
Matthew said this last week uh, when he was giving us around. He says he was making sure that we remembered that we want to see an intimacy that causes a quick obedience to speak. That for all of us, uh, reminding us uh, a word that Paul brought us, that we want to be people who go on the B of the bang. There was definitely a bang going on when I was playing in this orchestra. Okay? And uh, I needed to be quick to respond. And my only ability to be able to be quick to respond was because I was ready. You know, for us, uh, if you were with Ezekiel Shabemba, uh, when he came to speak to us about uh, speaking in tongues, he said that we need to be people who live in what hasn't been seen, heard, or conceived. It comes from 1 Corinthians 2 verses 10 to 12 say the spirit searches all things even the deep things of God for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them in the same way no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God what we have received is not the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from God so that we may understand what God has as we sang this morning freely given us We have to trust the Holy Spirit within each of our persons, within each of us. And do you know, I'm so encouraged to see that that is already happening. Last week, Matthew mentioned a couple of words that he came that surprised him. Don't everyone remember this? He said about a couple of words about us being a proud people. And for some of us going, which is kind of funny, we're not proud. (laughs) Okay? And I don't know who brought those words, but I just as a word encouragement, if you are one of those people, I just want to encourage you uh, that those are words that have come out of intimacy that you have with God that is not currently defined by your perspective. It happened for Lottie and I. Uh, Bren, ben, Bren, ben brought uh, Lottie and I a word recently. And before he uh, brought us the word, he literally said, God has reminded me of this word three times. And uh, I hope you don't mind me sharing this, Ben. Like, the reality was like, um, but I haven't brought it to this before this moment because every time he spoke it to me, I thought, that's not how I know Simon and Lottie. And so I dismissed it. But he diligently brought us the word, and it has blessed us. We need to be people who are defined by what the Holy Spirit is saying to us, and have an intimacy, have a relationship with the Holy Spirit that knows when we hear his voice, it is him. Whatever is being said, not defined by our situation. When we're in work, the Holy Spirit says, go and speak to that person. I can't go and speak to Bob over there. Go do it. Okay, I know that's you. Let's go. And that we get attuned to that so we can go on the B of the bang. For me, in the moment as I heard something was wrong, it was, I've got to do something about this. I can't can't not do something about this. I've got to have a, a reaction. Or more importantly, I've got to act. And for all of us, there's got to be action. Every single one of us. There's a perspective change. 
a paradigm shift for each and every single one of us. That means personal change. That means uh, things that we might need to look at in a different way. Uh, things that we might need to change in everything else. But that is going to cause action for all of us. In Galatians 5, it's verses 25 to 26, in the English Standard Version, it says, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Ben uh, said when he was preaching back in, I think it was September, he said, never let history determine your current expectation. Even this morning that was true for us. As we came round and we were praying for each other, don't let previous things determine your faith, your current expectation. If we're going to see a victory, what perspective are we coming into that? What's our victorious expectation and for for us that means that some of our old season needs to close if we're going to come into a new season the old one's got to close quite simply some of us need to put the seed box down and pick up pick up the sickle or put another way we just stop throwing seed at a ripe harvest Farmers use a lot of the same tools, but they use the right things in the right season. And for some of us, we've got people in our lives where we just need to stop throwing seed at them and bring them into the kingdom. Uh, we've been, Chandrakhank has encouraged us with um, some numbers. I like numbers. Uh, I can count beyond four. Uh, like, so, and, but I also like numbers that get down to around that number. And we were, uh, Matthew took, reminded us last week, he says, uh, one in ten people that we uh, preach the gospel to make a decision for Christ. This is what the numbers they're finding in India. One in three conversions join the church, which means roughly that if we share the gospel 30 times, we'll see someone come to the kingdom. If we as City Church wanted to double in size in the next year, we all need to be thinking that we want to see a conversion per quarter. Or a, a, a per three, yeah, three months, sorry. Uh, that means reality is that for all of us, we want to see someone come into the kingdom between now and Easter. Every single one of us. And I, even me saying this, I'm challenging myself massively here. Okay? Between Easter and the end of the summer, and from September to Christmas. Uh, with those numbers, that means sharing the gospel one or two times a week with somebody. See, once I surrendered to the situation, I was completely reliant on my relationship with music. My relationship of what I, how I'm going to be able to deal with what's going in front of me. The thing is that if I was going to change anything, I had to act at this moment, which basically meant that I'm going to have to hit the drum. 
even knowing that it's going to sound wrong. Even knowing that I wasn't going to get it right first time. I had to change the taps, all of them. Hit it again. Everyone's watching this, by the way. Like, the world is watching. Hit it again. Adjust. Change. Continual change until I hit the right frequency. As I said, like even this morning, uh, God was speaking to me about this. And anyone that's a musician, play guitar, we know that if you're going to tune a note properly, you come under the note and then raise it up to the right place. You don't just come down to a note. And as I showed you by my wonderful demonstration, I was a semitone sharp. Okay? I had a way to go. That's quite a lot of turning of some taps. Okay? Uh, but in turning, I wasn't just going for the note. I was submitting myself, surrendering myself underneath something so I could be raised up to the right place. For everything that's uh, in my life and in our lives, especially two years ago, Lottie and I had to surrender everything that we knew was good. I had a great career. We had great... Uh, great time church was great I do love the amount of people that go what's wrong with All Nations Cardiff nothing stop asking me that question like seriously we had a great time there everything's great Cardiff's great my best friends are there like my brother lives in Cardiff the food scene is amazing like okay Cardiff's great and I had to, we had to surrender it all because God has spoken to us and we knew the Holy Spirit had spoken to us and uh, that, you know, in moving here, it's refining. Two years later, still refining. What does it look like? Even last night we were talking, refining. How does this look? Let's get to the right frequency. And in doing that, uh, if you're going to tune two notes, the first note that you have to ch- tune is the tonic, is the bass note. I had to deal with my left timp. I could not deal with the other one. I had to deal with the root and Kerry brought us this other illustration of the tap root and the other roots supporting around it. I had to deal with the root before I could deal with any other relationship. I dealt with that root. I then could come across and tune the second timp. In relationship... Not to my ear, but in relationship to the root. Does that make sense? If I don't get the tap correct in the root, that relationship is not going to be correct. And so, after I've got the root correct, I can move on. The world is still going on, by the way, at this point. Okay? This music hasn't stopped. The world is still watching. Okay? And uh, I'm tuning that timp until it's in relationship. That's the same for us. Every single one of us. What's our taproot like? What's our relationship uh, at the root of it all with the Holy Spirit, with God? What's that intimacy like? Because that's going to be the the defining point of what 
each and every single one of our relationships is like. That's going to be our relationship in the new paradigm, what it looks like. It's going to just be fundamental. So I, um, I actually don't want to talk anymore. But I want to give us some spa time. Um, we've got the same situation we've got everything else everything we've got going on personally the person that's going to be in this new paradigm and we've got the action that it's going to take but for us all there has been a a word that's come from Kerry the Apostle to us about a new paradigm that's going to come. There's going to be a paradigm shift, which means that we need to have a perspective that's changed. We need to be ready. The encouragement is it's the framing that's changing, not us, in the sense of we're still the people in it. But what that means for all of us, and even how the Lord spoke to us this morning, that means that every single one of us needs to adjust. We all need to turn the taps. We all need to surrender to old ways. Get, make sure that we are all using the same tuning fork. So we can impact, be present to the world, the gospel that's going to see people come into the kingdom. And so, uh, what we're going to do is, I'm going to, uh, I've asked John, uh, there's a song that I've been singing as I've been spending time with the Lord, which is a, it's a song called Waiting Here For You uh, by Martin Smith. The song's slightly irrelevant, um, except for the fact that uh, I just want to spend some time before uh, we need to go and collect the children, just waiting on the Lord. And... Um, from the story I've given you this morning and what I've encouraged you in, I just want you to um, take a moment and surrender everything. Open your ears. Listen. If you have an ear, let it hear. And give, him a, uh, give God an opportunity to speak to you about what needs to shift for each of you. Is that okay? Let's just take that time. Thanks for listening to this teaching from City Church Coventry. You can find more great teaching and other resources on our website at www.citychurchcoventry.org.